If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM, let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am Movie Mike on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Distro. And on this episode, I am talking about the greatest one-hit wonder actors of all time. Maybe you've heard of one-hit wonder musicians who have had one major hit and never been able to reach that success again. Well, I am doing that same thing, but with actors. Actors who had one big role, and that's pretty much all you know them for. I did some polling on Instagram and Twitter and got what you guys thought were your favorite one-hit wonder actors. And I've also come up with my own list, so I'll talk about all that. I am also reviewing my number nine movie of all time, which actually factors into the one-hit wonder actor list, so that'll all tie in and make sense in this episode. I'm also kind of catching up in my thoughts on the state of the movie industry right now with pretty much the entire summer blockbuster season being postponed, so we'll get into that. And I watched a new movie on Netflix called The Platform, which I thought had a pretty interesting concept, and I wanted to see if it lived up to that hype of it. It's about a vertical prison, which these prisoners live on one cell, and they pretty much get this food brought down to them on a platform. It's this whole crazy thing, a very dark movie to watch right now, so I kind of had to put myself into a state of mind to get in and watch this movie, but I have that review on this episode, and and I really want to say shout out to all you guys for listening and downloading this podcast every single week. I've really seen the numbers go up over the last month and that's all because of you guys recommending it to people and leaving that five star rating and review on apple Podcasts. that means a lot to me if you're not subscribed by now all you have to do is hit follow subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you get brand new episodes of this show every single monday if you know someone who likes movies just be like hey you know movie mike from the bobby bone show he does a podcast where yes he actually talks more than 10 seconds at a time and with all that out of the way got a great episode for you guys thanks for hanging out Let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. 
right, today we're talking about one hit wonder actors. So this all came about because I've been working on my list of my top 10 movies of all time and I'm reviewing those on the podcast. I got to number nine and I was doing some research on the movie and I realized the main actor in this movie never acted in anything after this. And I just thought that was a crazy thing for somebody to be in such a big movie and then not really want to do acting after that. And it just got me on this whole list of like, what are other one hit wonder actors out there? So I put the question out on Twitter and Instagram, asked you guys what your favorite one hit wonder actors were. And I also came up with my own list of people I've thought of over the years who let me explain what a one hit wonder actor is. First of all, it's somebody who had a major successful role, a big movie, and then was never able to get that success back. So it's not that they were only in one movie and went away. They were just never able to achieve that same kind of success. And now maybe they do some TV stuff. Maybe they're around a little bit. But as far as an actor, they had one big role. That's the one you know them for. And they're a one hit wonder actor. So some of these, yes, they've been in other things, but nothing was as big as the role you know them for. Pretty much if you say their name, you associate them with this role, this character, and nothing else. So that is what we're talking about, a one-hit wonder actor. I know you guys will hit me be like, well, they were also in this movie in 1984. No, no, no. They had one major role, one thing they're known for, that's a one-hit wonder actor. So right into it, let's get into my number five that I have on here. Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. That's pretty much all you know Ralph Macchio for. He kind of reprised the role that came out with the YouTube series of Cobra Kai. But outside of the Karate Kid and the sequels to that, you never really saw him in anything else. Now, before Karate Kid came out, he did star in the movie The Outsiders, which I thought was a decent enough movie, but really not one a whole lot of people have seen, which is also crazy because there are so many stars in that movie Tom Cruise is in that movie. Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Matt Dillon is in that movie. Emilio Estevez. Um, you have those so many actors in that movie, yet it's not really a big hit or anything really people talk about. So I would still say Ralph Macchio is a one-hit wonder actor. You think Karate Kid, and that's about it. I tried not to put just a bunch of child actors in this because it's kind of easier to put somebody who had success as a kid and never reached that again. I think that's a whole different concept. But I just feel like that was such a big role for him. And you just have to credit him as a one-hit wonder actor. But also, unlike other childhood actors, he never had any kind of drug problems. He never had any problems with the law, which we'll get into this list later. Some other people did. So shout out to Ralph Macchio for not having a criminal past. At number four, it would not be a list without Mark Hamill, who is only really known for playing Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars movies. Now he's done some voiceover work in the animated Batman as the Joker. He's also the voice of Chucky in the new Child's Play movies, which is an actually a decent reboot, but really one that's a little bit overlooked right now. And I just think that it's crazy how big of a franchise and how big of a movie Star Wars is that that doesn't really translate to him being in anything else. Now, could just say that he's not that great an actor. You could almost argue that a bunch of people in Star Wars aren't that great of actors. And maybe the movies are bigger than the actors themselves. So I think just that the fact that Star Wars is so big and the character Luke Skywalker is just such a household name, it's really hard to see him in any other kind of role. I think he even kind of went away for a little bit, just kind of did some stuff on the side, and then he kind of came back as his biggest role of Luke Skywalker. The benefit for him, though, is that there are multiple Star 
Wars movies that he's pretty set for life. Like, I think he's good on the money end. So unlike maybe some other people, he doesn't really have to kind of claw for other roles or try other things. He can do the new movies and still be all right. And also the fact that he's freaking Luke Skywalker, he can go do like conventions and make banks. So I think in this case, being a one hit wonder actor for him, if you're going to be the best one hit wonder actor, at least have it be one of the biggest roles of all time. At number three, going back to the childhood actors, I had to put Rupert Grint, who plays Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Kind of a sad part about this. I don't know if it's sad for him. He's a millionaire, so what does he care? But the fact that Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson have kind of eclipsed their Harry Potter roles, he's really the one who hasn't done anything else. Like, he has very few other movie credits to his name i think maybe the most recent thing i saw him in was the lego house uh, ed sheeran music video and he is the one actor from that who never really branched out to doing anything else you really only see him as ron weasley i think on the other end of that daniel radcliffe has kind of really taken away us just seeing him as harry potter by taking on different kind of roles in movies you wouldn't really expect to see him in, at the beginning it was like, oh, it's Harry Potter doing a scary movie, or it's Harry Potter doing an obscure indie movie. But I think over the years, as we get further and further away from it, I think he was able to kind of be like, oh, now it's just Daniel Radcliffe. You don't see him as Harry Potter anymore. But even more so than Daniel Radcliffe, as not being a one-hit wonder actor, Emma Watson has really just, I don't even see her as Hermione anymore. I see her as just Emma Watson and just being a really great actress in Little Women. And now one of my favorite movies, Perks of Being a Wallflower, which just got added to Netflix. Like, she's really eclipsed both of them as just being, oh, you're the kid from Harry Potter, which is probably one of the hardest things to do. What I wonder about Rupert Grint, though, is if you look at his net worth and how much he still makes off the Harry Potter movies, he's still worth $50 million. So I wonder if you get to that level of fame, you get to that level of success, do you really care at that point? Like, I feel like you would. I feel if you're an actor... It's in your blood, it's in your DNA, and you want to do more movies. But also with the child actor thing put into place, I wonder if you get so burnt out on acting and you get so tired of being so famous that once you're kind of set for life, you're good. You don't want that feeling back again. You don't want to go back into being on a set all the time. And you're kind of like, okay, that was cool when I was a kid. But now as an adult, I don't want that anymore. So I think we kind of see some of these people like, oh, they never achieved that success again. What if they, you know, that's all they wanted to do. Like they wanted to, they, at the, at the time, maybe they didn't have a choice as like what they wanted to be. Like their parents could have forced them into being a child actor and being super successful. And now that an adult, they're like, you know what? That really wasn't me. I just want to hang out and enjoy my millions. If I was Rupert Grant, I would do the same thing. I think for him, though, it's probably hard just to go down the street and you just get tired of people yelling your character name. Like, hey, Ron Weasley. Like, that would get annoying to me. So I feel for him on that. Number two on my list, I was actually able to put two into one because I think both of these actors come from the same movie. And you could argue that even some other people from this movie are also one-hit wonder actors. A really great movie, one from my childhood. It's The Sandlot. And both Tim Guyrie, who played Smalls, and Michael Vitar, who played Benny the Jet Rodriguez, I would say they were both pretty big one-hit wonder actors. And both kind of kids who were just discovered at a really young age, like, they were, like, pretty fresh to acting. Tom Guyrie was 12 years old, and this was basically his sixth audition ever. Like, some guy saw him at a play, and was like, hey, you should audition for this movie. Same thing with Michael Vitar, who played Benny the Jet Rodriguez. 
He started acting when he was 12, and somebody spotted him in a line for a ride at a school carnival and got him to audition for this movie. And both of them pretty much retired from acting. And I think this is one of those cases of them being so young that you're 12 years old. You don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life. But think about when you were 12 years old, what you wanted to be and what you were doing then. Are you doing it now? Probably not. So at the time, they were trying out acting and doing plays. They landed one of the biggest roles of sports movie history of like movies from our childhood ever and you're never really gonna get that back again unless you really go into pursuing acting and i think that's just such a big cult classic that we associate them with that it really has all the makings of generating a bunch of one-hit wonder actors which you could argue other people from the movie are too like squints and ham even though they've kind of been in some other things i just think they were the main actors in this so that's why i put them on my list and i think in this one you get where some child actors have had some issues over the years with uh, law enforcement and getting arrested which again when you're such a young kid you don't really know what your life is going to be like later so you have people kind of watching you throughout, and if you do anything bad, it's going to make headlines. Like, oh, the kid from Sandlot got arrested. So so Tom Guyrie got arrested in Houston, Texas for headbutting an officer after he was told he was too drunk to board a flight. And that was just one month after the 20th anniversary of the Sandlot. And same thing with Michael Batar. The crazy thing about him, though, is that he ended up re- retiring from acting in 1997, and he ended up becoming a firefighter, which was the kind of story put out there for a long time. Like, oh, Benny the Jet is now a firefighter in California. And then later in life, he was charged with felony assault with a deadly weapon in December of 2015 and eventually got out of it and avoided spending time in jail. But again, you do anything wrong as an adult and it's going to get kind of put out there. Like I see this stuff coming out on TMZ all the time. Like, oh, remember this child actor? They just got arrested for a DUI. Again, they didn't sign up for this when they were kids and now they just have people kind of watching them throughout their lives. So... I think The Sandlot is one of the greatest sports movies of all time. Maybe it's more of a guy thing, but even more so than it being about baseball, I think it's a movie about friends, which is why it's kind of stood the test over time. And that's why I put both of these guys at number two. All right, and before I get into my number one, I got to give some honorable mentions, some one-hit wonder actors that didn't quite make the list. You got Chunk from The Goonies, solely for the truffle shuffle alone. Got to put him up there. You also got Linda Blair, who played the kid on The Exorcist. Rachel Lee Cook was very close to making number five. Uh, She was in She's All That. And she was also in Josie and the Pussycats, which came out right after it, which was considered at the time a flop. But in my heart, I felt like that was still a solid movie. So I couldn't quite put her as a one-hit wonder actress on this. You also got Patrick Fugit, who was the kid in Almost Famous. But he was also in a movie Spun, which I really like, so I also couldn't put him on this list. Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing, but she was also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Maybe didn't have as big of a role, but still felt like she wasn't quite a one-hit wonder actress. Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie, which is pretty much all I know her from. But again, I don't think she was really the star of that movie, despite what some of you guys might say out there. <laughs> but still didn't feel like that was super strong to make the list. Also really close was Alex Winter from Bill and Ted, who played Bill. They are making a Bill and Ted 2, which will come out eventually. So he could have another hit on his hands right now. I still think he's a pretty good one to make the list, though. And then another one that I couldn't put in the list, I didn't feel comfortable putting him on the list, that a lot of people sent in was Macaulay Culkin. I felt like Macaulay Culkin has been in a bunch of other movies that maybe they weren't as big a hits, but... I still feel he has more movies to his name that you could think of just one from. Yes, we know him from Home Alone and being Kevin McAllister, 
But he was also in My Girl, The Page Master, Richie Rich, which maybe collectively counts as one hit. And then he was also in a movie in 2004 with Mandy Moore and Jenna Malone called Saved, which I thought was a pretty good movie. So I don't really think Macaulay Culkin is a one-hit wonder actor, so couldn't put him on the list. And at number one, my favorite one-hit wonder actor of all time, which also doubles into my number nine favorite movie of all time, it's Charlie Bucket from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, played by Peter Ostrom. So the crazy thing about Peter Ostrom is this movie came out back in 1971. And after he did this movie, he realized he didn't want to do acting anymore. So straight up, if you look him up on IMDb, there is only one acting credit and it's Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory as Charlie. He was in some other things as himself, but he never started anything after this. So I just thought that was crazy that he only has one acting credit to its name. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like he straight up just stopped doing acting. He never had a crazy history of drugs and alcohol, never got into any trouble after that. Straight up just loved cows and horses more and decided to go and be a veterinarian. And not only that, but after Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was such a big hit, like he was offered a three movie deal and he turned it down. I just think that makes him like a lot cooler in my head. And the fact that he was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. I'm not going to do anything else crazy. That is it for me. That'd be a really hard thing to walk away from as a kid. Getting all this attention to being in such a big movie and then just being like, you know what? It's not for me. And also just Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to me has really stood the test of time. And that's why I put it at number nine of my favorite movies of all time. I've said before, I'm not really big into musicals. But as a kid, I remember watching this movie and being attached to the story more than the singing in it. And even though it is just straight up, they go into singing at all times, those songs are, I feel, are timeless. And I'll get into now why this is my number nine movie of all time. Now, as a kid, I remember watching this movie and never seeing anything like it before because it's supposed to be like a family kid movie. But I think it's a family kids movie disguised as a dark comedy because it's almost so sinister in a way that it's comedic in a way that you don't expect a kid's movie to be. It's even scary at times, like when they're going through the tunnel and everything gets crazy and twisted. There's a lot of thought into the writing in this movie and how the story is presented and how all the themes that are out of just the kids being jerks for different reasons and them getting uh, taken away throughout the, the movie. And then how it ends up being that Charlie Bucket is almost the chosen one but even he kind of gets stripped from it at the very end and even he gets yelled at by Willy Wonka so I know I'm not that big into musicals and there's even one song that I still skip every time I watch the movie whenever he's walking all sad and his mom sings the cheer up Charlie song I agree there's a great John Mulaney bit love it you know everybody fast forwarded that part of the movie because I did as a kid I didn't like that song everything else in it I could still watch as an adult and I feel like even though it came out in the 70s, it still holds up as a great movie. If I had kids, I would show them Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And maybe that's why I hated the remake so much with uh, Johnny Depp and Tim Burton directing it. Because they took everything that made this movie great and made it bad. Starting with the Oompa Loompas. As first, the first time I saw that, they essentially took one character and duplicated him and made all the Oompa Loompas be the same. I was out. I think what makes this movie great is the Oompa Loompas and the fact that they're so weird and kind of mysterious and almost scary in a way. Like, I remember watching this movie and being kind of scared of Oompa Loompas of, like, them somehow taking me away because I was a jerk as a kid. Like, that stood out to me, too. 
And also, let's not overlook Gene Wilder's performance in this because it was really... Like, he is Willy Wonka, and he's been in a lot of other movies that I love. Like, I love all the movies he did with Richard Pryor, and he's just such a great comedic actor and dramatic actor, and I think that kind of comes out so much in this movie because, like I said, it is a kid's movie where he has to be comedic, but he is plays Willy Wonka so dark and twisted, and you almost feel like the pain that he has of being this lonely guy running a chocolate factory and looking for someone to take it on after he passes away. And it's almost like I don't see anyone else who could have done that role like Gene Wilder did. So if you haven't seen the original Willy Wonka, I highly recommend it. You can rent it on Amazon for like four bucks. I think it's a classic movie. And if you have seen it before, one, I recommend going back and watching. I think it's one that every time it comes on TV or is on randomly, it's one I'll stop and watch at any point. So also my number nine movie of all time and my favorite one hit wonder actor of all time. That'll do it for this segment. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to Get750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at Get750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with Get750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out Get750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at Get750.com. Just go to Get750.com or Google Get My 750 cash follow the simple instructions and get your 750 dollars that's get 750.com get 750.com hey this is jody sweeten from the podcast how rude tanneritos as a nostalgic voice from your past i'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024 you deserve to get away it's time for a vacation no matter when you're hearing this and let me tell you how you'll get there The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, if you're like me, you're probably wondering when are movies going to go back to the way they were? Because for me, it was an every week thing that I would go to the movie theater and watch a brand new movie. I'd come on here and give my review. It was just how I lived my life. And now it's been, oh man, almost two months now that I haven't been to a movie theater. Uh, Probably a month that they've been shut down. And I know early on last week, the, the owner of AMC was like, oh, movie theaters will be back up and running by June. And I thought that was crazy that that seemed far away. And now that 
the news has come out this week of pretty much every summer blockbuster movie being pushed out. Like the summer blockbuster season is gone, which is crazy to think because that usually kicks off in May and it goes through August. And then we have all these movies to look forward to pretty much everything on my most anticipated movie list from the very beginning of the year has just been pushed back. And I kind of wonder when it's going to go back to being normal. And for a bit there, they tried, all right, let's have these movies that were about to come out and have them straight available into your homes. And people thought that was going to be the solution, but I I don't really think that's going to happen long-term. Like I've said before, people want to go to the movies and experience it. And also movie theaters spend Um, movie companies spend a lot of money into these movies and they invest so much that they're not making as much doing that. And I haven't even given in to really renting a movie at home. Like I was, I was just about to rent, rent the hunt and it was 20 bucks. And I was like, do I really want to spend 20 bucks to watch this movie here in my house? And I, I couldn't justify that as an experience, even though that's kind of where things are going right now in a way, but they haven't really figured it out yet because now they're just pushing everything back. Like nothing really new is coming to that. So I don't think that's the solution right now. And just looking at the Disney movie release dates, we'll go through kind of some of the big ones that have just been taken out. But Disney, they've pushed back Mulan to July 24th, 2020, which even that one, you don't know if it's going to happen. Black Widow was kind of the last blow for me of like, okay, this is for real. Like, no summer movies are happening. That's now coming out on November 6th. So that took the Eternals release date. And the Eternals is now coming out on February 21st, 2021. Jungle Cruise with The Rock is now coming out July 30th, 2021. Doctor Strange is now coming out November 5th, 2021. Thor Love and Thunder is now coming out February 18th, 2022. And the fifth Indiana Jones movie is now coming out July 2022, which I think Harrison Ford will be 80 years old by then. And the other kind of last straw of it was the Top Gun movie. The new Top Gun movie with Tom Cruise is now coming out. Supposed to come out June 24th, right before my birthday. I was like, all right, I'm going to go see that movie on my birthday. It'll be great. A bunch of people were looking forward to that. Now it's not coming out till December 23rd. The weird part now is movies come out for a certain reason around certain times. Like in the beginning of the year, stuff is very slow because not a lot of people are going to the movies. So you have kind of maybe a sleeper horror movie, maybe a kind of semi-blockbuster like Bad Boys um, for Life. Like that'll come out and that's kind of like the biggest movie for a bit because people aren't really going to the movies. And then you kind of really ramp up in the summer and that's where everybody's at home more and just kind of hanging out. And they want to go see a movie, and that's why you put all those big blockbusters right there. You usually kick it off with a big Marvel movie in May, and then you have just stuff come out till August. That's where all your big blockbusters now, which all those movies now are coming out in the fall, which is going to be weird because in the fall is usually where you kind of get the more Oscar-nominated movies and the really big movies, like right around Christmas. Like, that's when a Star Wars movie will come out. And now you're going to have all these movies kind of jumbled up, and... I think that's going to be weird just for box office numbers, which right now don't exist. Like they're straight up not reporting box office numbers. And I just don't know when it's going to go back to normal. When you look at just entertainment in general, like even sports, you wonder when that's going to go back to normal. They're going to cancel football and you factor in movies of the different thing about the other things of coming back of movies can adapt in a way they can go to streaming. They can go into different places, but you see these movie theaters not really, I keep calling them movie theaters, but movie companies, they don't want to 
really embrace that just yet. They're still just delaying and delaying. But if it gets delayed anymore, you wonder if they can really hold on to these movies. Because with the Marvel movies, those have to come out in order. Because the Black Widow movie sets up the Eternals movies. They all have a structure. So if one gets delayed, it delays everything. And not only that, but you're getting production delayed now. Like the Batman movie has been delayed in production. So that was supposed to come out on my birthday of next year it's probably going to get pushed back even further. So I don't know if we're just missing out on things right now and if things will catch up or eventually, hey, we're going to have all these great movies to watch at once or if there will be another dry spell down later the line. But pretty much everything is postponed. Everything is going to happen eventually and we don't really know what that's going to look like. They're saying the Mulan in July will maybe be the first time theaters open back up. But even then, I don't know. They could push that back. Like I said, I think movies will come back eventually, and I don't think the movie theater will die. I think they will adapt in a way. I just don't think it'll go all the way to streaming so quick as people think it's going to be. Maybe they jumped on it just a bit quick because it was like, okay, we got to do something. We People are home. We got to adapt to that and get these movies out that were going to come out anyway. And it comes to a point where you can't hold on to these movies forever because then it delays all your other movies. So uh, I was bummed to see that Black Widow got pushed back. I was really looking forward to that. I was bummed that Top Gun got pushed back so far. But hey, (laughs) that's how all these movies are happening right now. I think I'm fine with stuff getting delayed knowing that they're going to come out eventually. What's weird to see is when movies will go back into production and what happens with you know, even new movies getting made right now, like where where are they at on that? So anyway, that's just my thoughts on the state of the movie industry right now. And when everything will go back to normal, I'm kind of watching this week by week and um, following it along like you guys are. So hopefully we can get back into the movie theater soon and hopefully and if not, maybe they can find a way to make it feel like a more enjoyable experience at home. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe make it to where you can actually watch the movie with the stars from the movie. If they're making these virtual experiences, why not do that? You rent a movie and then you also get like a commentary or something. Something to make it a little more of an experience at home. Something like that. I don't know. All right. Those are my thoughts on the movie industry right now. I'll keep you guys updated as I see everything being developed. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to Get750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. 
That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at Get750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with Get750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out Get750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at Get750.com. Just go to Get750.com or Google Get My 750 cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's get750.com. Get750.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, going to get into a movie interview now. Of one that is now streaming on Netflix. So if you want to watch it at home, it's called The Platform. And it's a pretty intense movie. It's pretty violent. It's pretty brutal. So much so that after I watched the trailer, I knew I wanted to see it. But with everything going on in the world right now, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to give myself a bit of time to kind of get my mind prepped for this movie. Because right now I kind of just want to watch something that makes me feel good, that makes me happy. And I saw this movie and the concept seemed a little bit depressing. So it took me a bit to watch it. But If you were curious about it and saw it up on your Netflix, I'll let you know what I thought about it. But first, here's just a little bit of the platform. There are three kinds of people. The ones above, the ones below, and the ones who fall. So this is, uh... The pit. Bingo. Mr. Jumagasi, do you know how this all works? It's obvious. We must eat. What will it be? Whatever the ones above don't want. All right, so first thing you got to know watching this movie is that it is a Spanish science fiction movie. So if you're watching this movie in the U.S. like I am, what you're seeing is a movie made in Spanish but overdubbed in English. So I had a bit of a problem in that. I'm Mexican-American and I can speak Spanish. But not only that, after seeing Parasite, which was a South Korean movie... I was kind of more into the idea of watching a movie in subtitles. I think watching a movie the way it was meant to be seen by the director and the filmmakers, it adds a lot to the movie. And I feel like if it's a really good movie, you can overcome that barrier of reading the subtitles. So I was a little bit like, okay, they should have just given you the option of watching this in Spanish, first of all. But aside from that, I felt like maybe I missed out on some of the stuff because, first of all, the movie is called The Platform Here. But in Spanish, it's called el hoyo, which means pretty much the hole or the pit. Uh, So I feel like even like the title doesn't translate all the way. But essentially what the movie is about is this guy gets sent to a vertical prison. And what the vertical prison is, each cell is on its own level. So there's two people per cell. And what happens is they are all ranked from like one to all the way to like way, 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 way down. So he gets put into a level And what happens is they get food sent to them on this platform. 
So this food platform comes down for like two minutes per day, and that's all the time they have to eat. So basically, they're eating the leftovers from whatever the people on the platform above them didn't get to or just allowed them pretty much to eat. So if you're on a very high up platform, you get the you get the top pick and you get to eat all the chicken. You get to drink all the wine. The further down it goes, the more scraps you get. And then if you get below like the 50 level line, you're pretty much not eating. So the movie kind of develops and it really plays a part of like the, the social system. And it was almost parallel a lot to what's going on in the world now, which is a little bit disturbing of like, I, like immediately what I thought is when people go to the grocery store right now and they're hoarding items and you really should only be taking what you need to take. You shouldn't go to the grocery store and pile up on all the toilet paper or take all the Brussels sprouts that speaking from my personal experience, but that I saw parallels in what people are doing now of hoarding food and hoarding items when in reality, there's enough for everybody. If you just take what you need, there will be enough for everybody to go around and it won't be so apocalyptic feeling. So in the movie, the main character is like, what if we tell the platform above us, hey, only take what you need and ration it out all the way down. If we set up the system, tell the people at the very top, like, hey, only take what you need and ration out so that all the platforms can get enough to eat, that it would all be enough food for them all to have. And you see kind of the battle of, oh, like, that's really easy for you to say at this level, you're higher up than us. Of course, you're telling people below us that. So the platform he's on, nobody will listen to him below and no one will listen to him above. So what happens is they're not on the same platform for the entire movie. He starts out at a pretty nice platform where he gets a decent amount of food. And then later he's very down at the bottom where he doesn't have anything to eat. And it gets pretty crazy. The movie is pretty violent. And not only that, there's some cannibalism. So if you're not cool with violence and cannibalism, it's probably not the movie for you. So I won't ruin the movie. I don't give any spoilers in my reviews, but it just kind of escalates into him trying to find a plan to fix this system. So the movie ends up just kind of being a commentary on social classes and just people in general and humanity, which I wasn't really expecting to take away from this. I just thought it was a crazy science fiction movie. I ended up liking it all right. I think the fact that it was in English and it was meant to be in Spanish kind of took away a little bit from me. I felt a little bit was lost in it and didn't make it as unique. I thought the movie itself was a great concept, one that made me want to watch it, which I think is a good indication that it's a novel idea. But I don't think it really kept me there the entire time. I kind of faded off in some parts and it kind of got some not interesting moments. I think this movie had a little bit more potential than it lived up to, but interesting concept. And I do like sci-fi and horror movies, but it's also just not really that easy of a movie to watch. There's a lot of stabbing. There's a lot of gruesome images and maybe just not something you really want to be thinking of right now. So, so I will give it three out of five empty wine bottles. I do think it visually it's pretty cool to watch just the concept of this prison and how it goes from level to level. I don't think the story is all the way there, especially in the ending. So I don't really recommend you watch it if you want to get put into like kind of a sad, depressed state a bit. And unless you're really into like watching some very brutal, gruesome images, maybe not the movie for you right now. All right, that's the episode. But before I go, I got to give my Instagram shout out of the week. It's going to Jackie on Instagram at Jax. 
and she was listening to the movie quarantine episode and said it was a great list I put together. So a bunch of movies you can watch right now that you have the time. Um, that's a couple episodes back if you want to check that out. All you have to do to get an Instagram shout out or a Twitter shout out is just tweet me or tag me in an Instagram story. I'll repost a bunch of those and then give you a shout out in next week's episode. If you missed the episode last week with Morgan number two from the Bobby Bones show, go check that one out. All we did was talk about the Star Wars movie she binged for the very first time. Let me know if you're into those episodes with guests. I'll maybe do some more of those. Get some people on here talking about their favorite movies. And until next week, stay safe. Watch some movies. Let me know some recommendations. And if there's anything you want me to talk about or you think there's a one-hit wonder actor I maybe missed out there, let me know. Just tweet me or send me an Instagram message at Mike Distro. I will talk to you guys next week. Later. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.